What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate y'all listening. If this is the first time, welcome to the shit show. If you are a returning guest, I greatly appreciate y'all listening again for us. This episode is going to be a little bit of a, kind of a, not necessarily a clusterfuck, but it's not going to be very centered around one story like I normally do. I got several stories I want to get to. Uh, we also got an interesting article that I want to point out and kind of just say what the fuck is going on with Athlon Outdoors with this article. And we also got some interesting stuff that's come out with TriggerCon that happened this past weekend. Well, this fucking weekend that's going on while I'm recording this bitch. And then when y'all listen to it, it had been this past weekend. So I greatly want to appreciate it. Let's go on and start getting down the fucking house rules of this bitch. If you haven't already, go check us out on social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram account. On Facebook, we are the number 2A Lifestyle. And on Instagram, we are under 2 spelled out A Lifestyle. And actually, we have now fucking reached a mile marker on Instagram. We are now at 100 followers. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to announce uh, the winner of a little bit of a swag since we have reached that milestone. We are over 6,100 followers and likes on Facebook. Go ahead and give us a like and follow. Share our shit there. If you do so, once we get to 10,000, we're actually going to give away a little bit bigger prize than just some normal swag. Also got some merch coming out. I can't wait to show y'all. Again, also, we do have a Patreon account. Check us out, 2A Lifestyle. If you go give us uh, some little little, little jingle jangle, little ching ching, uh, we will definitely use it. We have actually reached our uh, fucking quote, our our goal of just covering the bandwidth of the podcast. And I want to greatly appreciate everybody that's done that. If you now, so basically any fucking money that we get over... Uh, what we have in Patreon every month we're going to use for giveaways, we're going to use for reviews, and anything that I purchase for this podcast and do a review on, guys, we are going to give directly back to the listeners. Uh, if they manufacture says I'm allowed to keep the shit, we are directly going to give it back to y'all in giveaways. So that is a little incentive, I don't think so, my fucking self, to go ahead and give us some Patreons. And, of course, uh, if you like us on social media, you're going to get uh, entry. And then, of course, if you give us uh, some money in the Patreon, you're going to get some extra entries. So that's some good shit we got going on. But let's go ahead and start getting into this fucking podcast, y'all. And I greatly appreciate it. Check us out. And let's find out what the fuck has been going on in the firearms industry in the past two weeks. Well, guys, let's go on and get into the main segment of the first part of our podcast. The first thing we're going to talk about is a uh, article that Jeff Knox wrote in Ammoland back in July of fucking 26th of this year. And if you have, if you don't know who Jeff Knox is, Jeff Knox is he is a total badass. He's an awesome guy. He, uh, his father was a part of the NRA back in the 90s. He attempted the quote unquote coup that you might hear about other people talking about back in the 90s to try and bring some accountability back to the NRA. He is also the director of the Firearms Coalition, who is a great fucking organization. It is a great organization. Um, it doesn't have the power of the NRA, but it definitely has the right, I fucking, I guess the, the only thing I can describe it as the right stuff that the NRA does not have right now. But he is also, uh, 
you know, very much a political writer. He very much keeps the NRA accountable for the bullshit that's going on right now. Uh, he wrote an interesting article talking about, and the title of the article, I will say, is what no one on the NRA board of directors is saying. And it is basically talking about how Carolyn Meadows and uh, uh, second vice president, or correction, vice president, uh, Cotton, and then I wish you to fucking mention Willis Lee, that sorry piece of shit in here, but he didn't. But he's talking about how basically how the NRA board of directors is basically, the executive leadership anyway, is just behind uh, old fucking Wayne LaPierre 100%. And in doing so, uh, they're, I mean, they're sinking, they're, they're tying themselves to a sinking ship. Uh, basically, he's going into how if they believe that Wayne LaPierre has done nothing wrong, then did the board of directors approve of him spending $274,000 under the table? For Italian suits, on top of his one and a half million dollar, um, excuse me, I'll fucking get it absolutely correct, one point four million dollar compensation package and expense account. Also, do they approve that the NRA spent like seventy five thousand dollars on rent for an intern? Did they approve that the brewer firm gets a hundred thousand dollars per day? Do they approve that board members that are voicing their opinions they're voicing their uh fucking basically dissent for the leadership of the nra and wayne lapierre and how it needs an independent audit of the nra's finances did they approve that all those board members like tim knight sean maloney alan west all of those great board members those great supporters of the second amendment did they approve them not getting any more committee assignments for this coming year I mean, it, to me, it's just showing that the NRA Board of Directors, and especially the executive leadership of the NRA Board of Directors, is, is just as culpable as Wayne LaPierre themselves. And this, it's a great article. Uh, it goes into basically, you know, and being, being a law enforcement officer and having done investigations, I know uh, basically what he's saying, that if you are approving the actions of a wrongdoing person, of a person that's doing wrong, then you yourself are culpable for what that person is doing because you either knew about it and you didn't do anything about it or you understand what he's doing and how it is wrong in hindsight, but yet you are still allowing them to continue. And this is just a, a grave injustice that the fucking executive leadership of the NRA is doing and it's fucking horseshit. And Jeff Knox calls him out on it. And again, like I said, if you go to Ammo Land, uh, I go there pretty regularly. Jeff Knox has a lot of articles on there, and all of his articles are fucking gold, y'all. Uh, y'all need to look at his articles, and also look check out the Farms Coalition. I know a lot of people aren't supporting the NRA right now, and I totally get it. But if you you need to support some sort of uh, Second Amendment organization, and a lot of people nowadays are saying Gun Owners of America. I, I'm not still keen on Gun Owners of America. I have a membership with them, but I'm not too keen on them. I don't think they are the the second my second choice uh, behind you know powerful and influential organizations. I personally like the Farms Coalition and the Farms Policy uh, Coalition, but this is definitely something that needs to uh, be fucking kept up. And I've said it before, and I will definitely say it again, y'all. If you are NRA members, I think you should still be an NRA member, but I think that you need to push. You need to join the NRA just to get voting rights, and you need to join the NRA just so that way you can 
write those letters, write those emails to the board of directors and let them know it says, hey, I'm not just bitching just to bitch. I'm an NRA member. I support the Second Amendment. I support the 2A lifestyle. And I think y'all are fucking it up. And yes, I think the NRA is the biggest dog in the fight for our Second Amendment rights. But in doing that, they have some extra responsibility they have for themselves. And uh, I, like I've said, I, I strongly support an organization called Save the Second. If you haven't already, check it out on social media. Uh, we are now starting to get uh, uh, fucking other social media up. You know, Of course, we have our Facebook page, but now we're starting to be active on Instagram, starting to be active on Twitter, starting to be active on YouTube. And there, we have some, there are some great board of directors on that organization. And the main purpose of Save the Second is to reform the NRA. And I personally feel that the Save the Second is the best option right now for the NRA to get them reformed. They have, you know, I spoke in the last podcast on how if you're an NRA member, sign the petition, mail it off. Uh, if you haven't done it already, I fucking feel sorry for you because it's too late. By the time you get this podcast, it probably won't be mailed out and given to the board of directors of the Save the Second because they are going to be attending the board of director meeting in Anchorage, Alaska. And they are going to be pushing for an amendment to the bylaws. And uh, it's just a great organization. Check them out, y'all. Uh, the next thing that we're going to be talking about, and this one hits a little home, and if you haven't already, uh, I mean, I, this just fucking gives me a headache just thinking about it because it pisses me off because this is a, this is happening in the state that I live in. Uh, the ATF has issued guidance to Alabama FFL dealers saying that they are no longer allowed to accept Alabama pistol permits at, in lieu of NICS checks. And this one hits a little fucking home. You know, it hits a little close to home for me, folks, because I will say, uh, in the state of Alabama, pistol permits are easy to get. You don't have to have any training to get a pistol permit. All you have to do is you go down to your local sheriff's office, you pay the money, uh, either one year or five years, and they run supposed to, well, I will say they are supposed to run a background check. And once they run a background check, if you pass it, you don't have, you know, any felonies, you know, you don't have any domestic violence convictions, basically anything federally stating that you are not allowed to have a firearm, then you are allowed to get a pistol permit in the state of Alabama. That's all that it takes. And this fucking state of Alabama sheriffs have fucked it up for everybody in the state of Alabama. You know, it's, it is, you know, honestly, even though I'm a law enforcement officer, I don't have to have a pistol permit. Uh, under Leosa, I'm allowed to carry a firearm wherever I want to, except for federal buildings and airports. Uh, but I honestly have gotten a pistol permit just so that way, whenever I go purchase a firearm, I don't have to go through the whole bullshit of NICS checks. Uh, like when I was in the military, I had a uh, security clearance, and sometimes that fucked up my NICS check. Uh, I, you know, I had it on delay, and I had to wait, you know, however long the fucking waiting period is to see for the ATF to say, hey, uh, you know, he's good to go or, you know, we didn't find anything so you can go ahead and sell it to him all that kind of shit uh, and it, it, it's nice. It's very convenient. If for those of you who have states that where you are allowed to have your pistol permit in lieu of a NICS check at an FFL, it's just very fucking convenient. And also in the state of Alabama, I will say that the sheriffs are not required to use that pistol permit money for the sheriff's office. Uh, there was a, there's been a lot of news articles in the state of Alabama where sheriffs offices, sheriffs, not sheriffs offices, but sheriffs themselves have used pistol permit money and actually food money for the prisoners. Uh, you know, the state allots them so many dollars per prisoner per day. And, 
any excess funds that you have in the food money at the end of the year, you're, the sheriffs are just allowed to keep. They're allowed to pocket it. They're allowed to just fucking deposit it in their own personal checks. It's the same thing for pistol permits. They're not required to use the pistol permit monies for anything for sheriff's office's use. They can just keep that money and use it as a nice big fucking bonus at the end of the year. Now, I will say I know some sheriffs that actually do use pistol permit money and even food money for things like vehicles for their sheriff's offices when the county commissions don't give them enough money in the budget or they use it for additional deputies or even like at the end of the year, closer towards Christmas and shit like that, they like to give out little bonuses to the employees of the sheriff's office so that way it can help out with their families or sometimes they'll use that money to buy like turkeys around Thanksgiving or they'll even use it for training and equipment and shit like that. I'm fine with that because that keeps the money inside the sheriff's office and it takes less money from the taxpayers initially at the at the new next physical year because instead of say asking for a hundred thousand dollars and i'm just using fucking random numbers here instead of asking for a hundred thousand dollars maybe they can just ask for eighty thousand dollars because you know they have so much money that they know that they're going to get for pistol permits every year because there's no such thing as a lifetime pistol permit in the state of alabama you have to either get a one year or five year so you have to keep coming back every so often to get a pistol permit. So that it's it's great, and it's also you know for example like during the recession, I know there was tons of law enforcement agencies in the state of Alabama that were struggling, uh, struggling to to hire new officers, to pay their officers, to give their officers pay raises, cost of living increases, shit like that. Uh, so I mean th that is a good tool to shore up any kind of budget falls and then not only that shit happens and then a lot of fucking municipalities and governments like to self-insure themselves so if somebody gets in a car accident if they're self-insured they don't you know have an insurance company to go write them a check for a brand new car because they gotta replace that car so sometimes they can use that for uh, they can use the pistol permit money or it takes money out of their general budget if they didn't allot for a lot of money. So, uh, you know, anyway, that's that's the whole spiel and kind of the history of pistol permits in the state of Alabama. But the sheriffs have used it as a money-making scheme. And there's been two sheriffs in the state of Alabama that have had articles written on them recently in local news where one sheriff has used that money to purchase a fucking beach house and another sheriff that is used to purchase a second home and also to go in half with a car dealership business. So there is a ton of fucking sheriffs I and mean, there's 67 counties in the state of Alabama so that means there's 67 sheriffs there's tons of sheriffs that use that money just to line their pockets. And because of that a lot of sheriffs will, will skirt the fucking rules and give somebody a pistol permit because they want that money and when they don't they're not supposed to have a pistol permit basically they're not supposed to have a pistol permit and because of that ATF has found out that they are issuing pistol permits and then something else is in the state of Alabama there are two uh, motor manufacturing plants there's a Kia and then there's a Hyundai right on the Alabama Georgia border but there's a lot of suppliers in a lot of supplier companies in the Alabama side that supply parts for the Kia so there's a lot of uh, foreign nationals that live in the state of Alabama so because of that you know you have a lot of these foreign nationals trying to get pistol permits you have a lot of people that aren't supposed to have uh, fucking pistol permits because of domestic violence commit convictions or certain felony convictions and they are not allowed federally to purchase a firearm if they were to have a NICS checked run and 
but instead the Alabama sheriffs just says, hey, we'll take your fucking money. You know, we'll take the 20, 40, 50, however many dollars it is for a pistol permit. And they just, you know, keep that money. So because of that, the ATF has found this out and they have issued a uh, fucking advisory uh, starting July 22nd that no fucking uh, Alabama pistol permits are allowed in lieu of NICS checks anymore. And, you know, I, again, like I said, I it, it's not that big of a fucking deal because regardless whether you get your or when you're supposed to get your pistol permit you're supposed to have a nix check done to see if you're allowed to have one but because of certain sheriffs that have skirted the fucking law and done all that you know bullshit that from now on that's not the case so you're gonna have to have a nix check done and you know anybody that works at a gun store or has worked at a gun store or purchases a lot of firearms knows sometimes the NIC system is down or it's busy uh, or you know god forbid if you purchase a firearm on Black Friday uh, sometimes you're going to be waiting there for 30 minutes to an hour or more uh, if the NIC system goes down and they have to call in so that means everybody across the country has to call into the NIC system for a background check and you know you're going to have long fucking wait times because of that because you know the ATF is not giving any more money to their NICS program inside the ATF, uh, and it's just a big fucking clusterfuck, and it's a bunch of horse shit. And you know, it's, this is this is just something that I'm pretty passionate about. I definitely think that the pistol permit money situation in Alabama needs to be changed. And you know, I, you know, obviously. It, it takes manpower to issue them. You know, you, you, you know, when I first got my pistol permit way back in the well, back in the day. I don't say way back in the day because I'm not that fucking old. Uh, but you know, they just give you a little paper one. But now all pistol permits, they are printed out on those hard credit card like machines. Uh, so I mean, there's cost that incurs in that. So you know, should the sheriff's office recur their cost on on stuff like that if you're going to get a pistol permit? Yeah. Should you just go to constitutional carry? Yeah, just go to constitutional carry. But because the sheriff's office has their own lobby group in the state of Alabama, uh, they're pretty fucking powerful. That's I, I just don't see that in the foreseeable future, unfortunately, in the state of Alabama. Uh, but because of that, sheriffs, thanks a lot. You fucking fucked it up for everybody. And it's just a bunch of horse shit. Uh, the next story we're going to go into comes from guns.com and it was uh, published on the 26th of this month, July. Uh, and basically, it states to how to avoid printing and step up the concealed carry game. And uh, this is definitely something that I think is important. In the state of Alabama, it's not so important because open carrying a firearm is actually legal. You actually do not even need a permit to have uh, to open carry your firearm. Uh, but the the state of Alabama considers a vehicle an extension, so if you actually step inside the vehicle while you're open carrying the firearm, uh, it is an extension of uh, like concealment, even though you're open carrying. So to actually get into a vehicle, you have to have a pistol permit. So uh, concealed carrying, just the way to go. Uh, you know, if you want to open carry flex, you know, I've open carried, like for example, I might have stopped at a gas station on my way to the range, and I know at the range I'm gonna be running some drills and shit like that uh, so I'm not gonna be you know concealing uh, just some different shit you know don't wanna fucking bore y'all with details and fucking diatribes and sidebar conversations and shit like that anyway back to this article uh, it talks about investing in a good holster and belt combo and this is the fucking truth um, I will definitely say that you know and, and I'm sorry one of the reason I was getting into all that bullshit earlier is because and this is a good article because some states, if you do carry concealed, but if you print or you accidentally show your firearm, you can actually get charged for that shit. 
Uh, I think Florida still is the state you know next to me that does that. Uh, so you know it's important to if you're going to conceal carry to not print to have good equipment to make sure that you're actually carrying concealed. So the first thing that the article says is invest in a good holster belt combo, and this is the truth. Uh, you know I like to call uh, myself uh, no ass. Uh, I, I have a flat ass. I don't have anything to hold up my fucking pants. So I do have to invest in good belts. Uh, you know I do that when I was wearing full uniform in uh, my law enforcement career. I had to get you know fucking like suspenders to help carry that 30 or 40 pound duty belt. Uh, also, uh, when I carry concealed, because uh, I mean, actually concealed, I can carry a full size like Glock 17 or shit, even like a, a, a SIG, uh, like Romeo X5 or anything like that. I, I can carry a full size firearm and carry it concealed, uh, but having all that weight, and especially once you start having an extra magazine and all the other kind of stuff, it weighs down your fucking pants or your shorts or whatever you're wearing. So you need to invest in a good belt. Uh, there's definitely plenty of good belts out there on the market uh blue alpha gear um fucking uh there was another one that's it's like valkyrie or some shit like that some some sort of uh no storm rider gear that's what it's called storm rider gear i got a, a nice belt from them it's pretty stylish it's something that i can wear uh actually you know not I can wear it like in, in dress clothes, uh, but I can also wear it just with some jeans. Uh, so just do some research, get you a good belt, also get you a good holster. Uh, don't don't fucking go out there in some un Uncle Mike's holster, nylon holster inside the waist belt kind of shit. Get you something that's also got a strong clip uh, onside the holster if you're going to carry inside the waistband uh, or if you carry outside the waistband. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of those just kind of fold over plastic clips. I like to have, uh, you know, if I have those just those fold over kind of clips, I like to have it metal. I like to have it uh, a good little catch in there that catches the belt. You know, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass whenever you take out the holster to take a shit in public, uh, you know, at a public restroom or something. Uh, but it's definitely something that, you know, it's worth the trouble for me. Uh, also, I like. Uh, you know those holsters that have the the loops that's got the snap buttons that you know close around it uh, that's something else that I like you know invest yourself in a good holster and not only that something that people aren't going to realize is that you're if you carry concealed and you do it for a long enough time you're going to accumulate a fuck ton of holsters um, I actually got uh, one individual on uh, the Facebook page uh, he makes holsters and he's going to send me some holsters for reviewing so that's something that we're gonna have in the future uh, it's making me a nice inside the waistband uh, I can't remember if it was gonna be an appendix or not you know for something for the three o'clock but he's making one from my Glock 19 so that's something to look forward to in the future for a gear review. Uh, but you know, you're going to accumulate a fuck ton of holsters. I have like at least I know for sure I have one 30 gallon storage bin that is just nothing full but fucking holsters. And I think I have another one that's about halfway filled with holsters. And it's also got a bunch of gun parts in there and shit too. Uh, so you're going to get one. And holsters, and it's like I tell everybody, holsters are like accessories for women, for like purses and shoes. Uh, you're going to have a holster for different situations. One holster, to me, is not going to do the job for everything. And to me, if it's, if it's advertised as specifically a universal holster for like inside the waistband, outside the waistband, appendix, all that other bullshit, 
then that means it's going to be good at all those things, but it's not going to be great at all those things. Or it's going to you know, kind of suck in all those things, uh, but it might have a good aspect in one of them, but suck in the rest of it. So get you some holsters for different situations. Uh, get you a holster for inside the waistband carrying 3 o'clock. Get you a holster for outside the waistband 3 o'clock. Get you a holster for appendix carry. You know, And then not only that, one holster for one gun that you really, really like, for example, like appendix, might not feel that great on another gun because that's something else. Uh, you know, I have uh, a Glock 19, I have a Glock 229, and I have a SIG 320 that I like to carry with me. And it just depends on the situation. Uh, sometimes I feel like, uh, well, you know, I don't want to carry a double stack magazine because uh, I don't have, you know, because I always carry extra magazines with me. I don't like to carry a double stack magazine for this situation, so I'll carry my SIG 229, which is a 45, and it's single stack. So it's going to be easier to carry an extra magazine. Or sometimes I just don't give a fuck, and I'll just carry the double stack magazine. You know, whatever. It just, you know, there's there's numerous shit that you can do uh, when you conceal carry, and there's numerous options. So don't just invest in one holster. Go ahead. If you're going to be in concealed carry, you're definitely gonna have to fucking get more than one holster, and you know you're gonna think you might like one, or you're gonna hear some great reviews about one. But everybody's body's different. Everybody carries you know differently everybody carries different guns with different accessories and all that kind of shit so don't get tripped up if you know you have more than one holster or if you're only looking for one holster because you're not going to fucking get it done the second thing in this article it says tip two is get creative with a wardrobe and that's something else uh i always my fucking ex-wife used to always bitch and complain that i wore my shirts too big uh but i always wore my shirts too big because uh, i didn't want to print i didn't want to wear something you know fitting or wear something that's you know kind of the right size shirt but once i add a holster because i personally like to also carry outside the waistband for the most part because of the most of the shirts that I wear, uh, so I like to to wear uh, outside the waistband. So I have to wear some some longer shirts. Uh, you know, sometimes they may look a little long, uh, but also I normally get a size up. I normally get a size bigger than what I normally wear on my shirts, just so that way, whenever I do carry, it's not going to print. So that's something that you have to think of. You know, like all those uh, fucking guys that wear medium shirts and all that kind of stuff, uh, or those real. Uh, I think they're called athletic fit shirts. I got a couple of athletic fit shirts, like from uh, Ranger Up or the Chive. Uh, you know, those are, 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 are really like to wear those shirts, and I'll wear those sometimes when I go out. Uh, but I definitely can't wear certain holsters, and I can't wear certain guns when I wear those shirts because it's going to print too much, and it doesn't, you know, keep operational security. It doesn't keep your firearms safe. It doesn't let people know that you're going to have. Uh, that kind of shit. So, next thing in this article, it says understand and test your gear. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier. Just because you get one holster and it's supposed to sell you a whole bill of goods, uh, that might not be the case for your body style. It might not be the case for the weapon that you carry, especially if you carry kind of some off the you know, off the wall kind of weapon as you can seal carry holster. If you normally don't carry the Glock 19s or the Glock 23s or whatever the fuck may you know have you, uh, if you carry like uh, Smith and Wesson Shield, uh, you know, uh, holster that's really good for a Glock 19, 
that is made for Smith & Wesson Shield is probably going to be a little bit different in how it's situated on your body and how it's situated on your clothing. So that's something else. Uh, you know, Definitely, if you do look up holster reviews, if you go to the old YouTube uh, or if you go Googling you know, holster reviews for whatever holster you're looking at, do holster review and then the model weapon that you're planning on carrying concealed because you, know, you want to make sure that somebody that has your weapon and you know it's not always possible but as close as it can to your body style you know if you have a little spare tire or if you are just you know fucking uh, uh, fence posts thin kind of shit you know it's going to be different for every person uh, so that's something once you get it and there's are certain holster companies out there that uh, will let you kind of do a T&E period um, you know not so much mainly like Kydex holsters or special made holsters because that shit is special molded. Um, but like I got a Filster uh, that clips on to a uh, Streamlight TL5 uh, light, and it can it's supposed to be a universal holster for anything that the Streamlight TL5 clips onto, and that's mainly where the retention is at. So that's something that you want to look at, uh, and then it's also the same thing with your belt. Uh, you know, belts come in different sizes. Uh, like I normally wear a belt at work that is an inch and a half thick. So some of my holsters that have the clips on it, the clips aren't four inch and a half uh, belts because if I wear my Storm Rider gear belt, then you know it's normally it's just an inch wide. Uh, you know, I don't want to have all that play in the retention clips that you know. Uh, have the clips on the holster that goes to your belt. I don't want to have all that play, so I like to you know order specific holsters for whatever specific belt or situation I have. And like I said, that's why I have basically two 30-gallon fucking storage bins full of holsters. Uh, you know the ones that I normally carry. I kind of keep out on my fucking EDC tray uh, in my kitchen uh, that like I keep my wallet, keys, all that kind of shit at. Uh, I keep them all there kind of in the line so that way whenever I'm ready to go and I'm dressed and I know what you know weapon I'm going to carry, I also know what holster I'm going to carry because I've tested them, I've worn them around. I know what I like about them. I know what situations they go for, you know, and fucking don't go to like a job interview with a holster or a weapon that you never had before or go to a wedding or, you know, some fucking big important event, you know, go to the store, go to like movie theater, go to, uh, you know, just different shit that you can kind of gauge on like, you know, all right, movie theater, I'm normally going to be sitting a lot here. So if I go to like a conference and I'm going to be doing a lot of sitting at the conference, you know, I can kind of gauge on that's what I'm going to have uh, that kind of shit on. Uh, or if I go to a grocery store, you know, I understand like that's what I'm going to be, you know, doing a lot of moving around, a lot of walking, all that kind of stuff. So that kind of holster and setup will be good if I go to a wedding because I'm going to be, you know, socializing with everybody, uh, all that kind of, all that kind of shit. So definitely test it, understand your gear, understand its purpose, understand everything that you're going to have, uh, for that particular firearm, that particular holster, that particular situation and the particular tire that you're going to wear. So that's going to be all for that article. And the next article and I'm going to fucking dog out Athlon Outdoors on this because Will Dabbs, uh, he wrote this article on July 26th. And the headline of the article is four car, four car holster 
options for those caring while on the move. This is something I'm fucking passionate about, okay? If you have a holster in your car or if you keep a a fucking firearm in your car when you are not in your vehicle, you are wrong. You are fucking incorrect. If you, you know, hey, I'm just going to be running to the gas station, you know, is it, do I really, you know, and fucking people are going to get lazy. You're going to think that I'm never going to get lazy. I'm never going to do this. You're going to do it eventually where you're going to have a gun in your, in your car and some stupid fucking holster and you're going to leave it there while you go run and take a piss or you go run and prepay for gas or whatever the fuck and somebody's going to, you know, all it takes is 10 or 15 seconds to bust out your fucking window or if you leave your car door open and somebody's going to take your shit. And this is a lot of how cars here locally are stolen. And actually, this is how a lot of firearms are stolen in my area. Again, I'm a law enforcement officer. I deal with this shit constantly. Uh, Just for example, I tracked down a gun that somebody left in their fucking car uh, for like four and a half weeks, you know, because it was stolen in his car while he was out of town. He parked it at a school and he thought, "Uh, you know, safe place, school, all that kind of bullshit. But no, some fucking juveniles, uh, of course, being at a school and this dumbass left his fucking car door unlocked and uh, they just were going around pulling handles and, you know, it was as simple as that. They pulled his handle and this dumbass left his key in his truck. So these juveniles went joyriding in the truck Went to go meet some females, and when they were, you know, joyriding in the truck, was like, oh shit, there's a shotgun and a handgun in this truck. So they went ahead and stole the truck, or stole stole the truck, drove around, drove it back to the parking lot, stole his shotgun and stole his handgun. And I, this motherfucker didn't even know that his truck had been driven around until he, until I got those kids in custody and got the handgun in, in you know, back from. Because by the time that you know I finally found out who did it and all that other kind of shit, uh, it had been sold like three or four times. And I'm not trying to keep a stolen gun on the streets because most people that steal guns out of cars aren't going to use them for self-defense. They're going to use them for more crime. So uh, you know, it took me four and a half weeks to track those guns down. Don't fucking do this. Don't leave your firearm in a car holster. Don't leave them in a lockbox in the fucking center console you know don't just don't fucking do it you know i'm on a group message with a bunch of other uh, gun content facebook creators you know facebook pages all that kind of shit and that is something that we always talk about we always you know point out in other facebook groups that you know oh fucking so and so posted another fucking article about what's the best car holster option or i don't give a fuck this is what i do when i you know, holster my, you know, firearm inside my vehicle, all that kind of bullshit. And I, you know, the only thing that they are trying to say as, you know, this is the reason why I do it is because I have easier access to my weapon. Uh, if something were to happen, if someone tried to carjack me or whatever the fuck, my weapon is right there and it's not stuck in between like my center console and my three o'clock position or if you carry appendix. You know, you got to fucking stretch out and reach it and all that kind of stuff. You know, train how you carry your firearm concealed. Train drawing from your holster inside the vehicle. It's as simple as that. You know, because, again, you're being fucking lazy 
and not training and you know you're going to be lazy if you get a car holster and you're going to leave that stupid fucking thing in there at some point in time and you know is like having like for example a, a center console gun vault or lock where you keep your firearm is that a deterrent yes but there is always going to be someone determined to think you know when they rifle through your car after they break into it they're going to see a center console vault and they're going to say oh shit that is something that's probably in there that I want to take from this person and I will either a come back in a couple minutes with something that I can destroy the center console and maybe just take the box and try and unlock it later or hey you know maybe I can steal this car and do it at a you know later location at a later time when I get the tools or hey we're going to come back in a couple weeks with the right tools break into this car again so that way you have to replace the fucking window twice and we're going to get into this fucking center console's you know uh, safe and you know he talks about the different options i'm not even going to fucking go over them because having a, cent- a fucking car holster is just a bad idea and honestly i am not a huge fan of oh, I'm sorry, I am actually a very huge fan of Athlon Doors, but I'm not a huge fan of this article that they posted and the fact that they decided to waste money by paying somebody to write this article. Will Dabs, the fact that you actually wrote this article, you know, and, and that's something else. Reading throughout the entire article when I read this, it doesn't say, hey, you probably shouldn't do this, but if you're going to do this, this is the best options to go. No, he's just like, a lot of people carry firearms in their cars. This is uh, what they should do to, you know, optimize. And he says, fortunately, the market brings us a wide variety, a wide array of products optimized to provide access to your gun while remaining safe and secure. Bullshit. Any car. Any gun that's left in a car is not safe and secure. It is just a easier chance for somebody to steal your shit. So just don't fucking do it. Please don't do it. If you have, if you carry in your fucking car, or if you leave a gun in your car, even if it's an old piece of shit truck gun, you know, and that's what that shotgun was for that one guy that had his uh, truck stolen, his handgun stolen, and his shotgun stolen. It was an old piece of shit H and R. 20 gauge uh, youth model shotgun that he keeps for when he goes out in the country and all that kind of shit. Don't leave any firearm in your vehicle because all you're doing is you're giving access to criminals, you know, and trust me, a vehicle uh, break-in is an easy target, easy access for those criminals to break into your shit and get stuff. Just don't do it. I mean, it is a headache. It adds guns onto the streets in the hands of criminals. Uh, you know, and, and it's just a bad fucking option. Just don't do it. And I tell you, uh, fucking Athlon Outdoors, they should have had some sort of disclaimer on the bottom uh, or some sort of statistic saying that most gun thefts occur in vehicle breaking earrings. Something to show that, hey, this is the article we wrote because some people are going to do it whether we think it's a bad idea or not. So here's the options, but we think it's a bad idea. They should have done something, but they didn't fucking do it and if you hear anybody that does that shit look up the statistics it's a bad idea just again don't fucking do it all right now i'm off of that fucking soapbox let's go on and start getting into the gear news and reviews and start getting into the next segment of this podcast
Alright guys, let's start getting on into the gear news and reviews. Don't have, well I'll take it back, we do have re one review, it's not so much gun related, uh, but TriggerCon uh, is this weekend, or this past weekend when you start listening to this podcast, when it's going to be available. Uh, some cool shit came out with it, we're going to talk about it. Uh, the first thing that came out, it actually was on recoilweb.com, uh, it was published by Rob Curtis, and the first thing that I'm going to talk about is called Gallo Technologies, it is a firearm storage and display system. It's it's very similar to tactical walls. Um, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of tactical walls. Their shit's a little expensive for me, uh, and I, as you know, having two kids and not having a very secure house. Well, I don't want to say very secure house, but it's easy for somebody just kicking a door or breaking a window and come in and steal shit off your wall. So I, you know, I don't have that, but I would definitely am looking into having it like kind of like a safe room to where I can just kind of have my firearms, uh, you know, some of my firearms kind of just hanging out, you know, openly displaying stuff like that. So that way I can just kind of have like a little cool man cave to go into. Uh, so Gallo Technologies came out with a new firearm storage and display system. And it's like I said, it's very tactical wall-esque. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, how I hang up some of the tools in my, in my garage and that kind of shit. Uh, you know, in the particular display that they have it on their website, it's just a little over a thousand dollars. It's very cool. I'm I, I'm a huge fan of innovation in the industry. So if anybody comes out with either a, com a competitor product that's very similar to something that's already out there that someone has a monopoly on, or comes out with some new stuff. I'm all for it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of competition. The next one is going to be uh, an Arc'teryx Leaf Courier Bag uh, 15, uh, and it's a cool looking like little messenger bag, if Merce, if you want to call it that. Uh, looks like it's made out of pretty good material. Looks like it's water resistant. Uh, it, you, you know, in the pictures they have a uh, pistol with a SB arm brace in there fully collapsed uh, and it's actually stored inside the bag uh, but they're a little proud of that shit $280 and the next thing that they're going to talk about is the Aimpoint Acro P1 Red Dot Sight uh, and this is kind of like in the uh, the the image of the hollow sun uh, that's like a, a, a basically a square kind of tube sight itself it's kind of like Aimpoint's version of it uh, Aimpoint is a great brand for sights, for optics, uh, but again, Aimpoint is also kind of proud of their shit. This particular one that they have is actually, uh, the MSRP of it is $660, uh, but something that I like about this is that it has a lot bigger field of view, and if you go look on RecoilWeb's website, they have it next to a Leopold Delta Point Pro, and it is very noticeably bigger. Uh, I wish they would have had it next to a Hollow Sun, so that way you can kind of see. It's a 3.5 MOA dot. Uh, it is the runtime is up to, and this is kind of cool, a year and a half on level six of ten, and it only takes one CR1225 battery, uh, and it only weighs, I mean, just a hair over two ounces. So it's not too heavy. Um, the battery life is fucking amazing on it, and it's you know if I had you know not poor money, I guess I would say if I didn't have fucking two kids and all the other kind of shit that I deal with, uh, I would definitely like to get one of these. Um, but for six hundred and sixty dollars, I'm either gonna wait for a, a killer sale maybe for them to come out with uh, and check it out that way. The next thing that came out, and this is uh, going to be some products that are being written about from the firearm blog, uh, it was published 
uh, well, fuck, two days ago on the 26th. Uh, now, I'm pretty excited about this because I have a couple Glock builds that I have going on. And it is actually from Killer Innovations. Uh, and if they have some pictures of all their kind of shit on there, check it out if you don't. I think it is sexy as fuck. Uh, they have a slide, and their slides run anywhere between 472 to 482. And the best way I can describe it is it's got some windows on the side and a window on the top, but it's got some really fucking just sharp cuts and slide serrations on the rear. Uh, I mean, it is it is sexy as hell. It, it almost reminds me a lot of the uh, fucking alien uh, uh, pistol with the uh, the barrel on the bottom. It, you know, the serrations and almost the kind of style reminds me of that. Uh, is the best way I could describe it. If you haven't, go take a look at the pictures uh, on Recoil Web or just go look up Killer Innovations. Um, they also have a, a new Glock barrel that's come out. Uh, the Glock barrel either comes in black nitride, gray, or gold. Uh, they have it for the Glock 17, the Glock 19, or the Glock 26. Uh, it has a uh, threaded barrel with a one, in, uh, you know, the normal threaded barrel. It's a one in twist, one in ten twist. Uh, with a single point cut rifling and uh, it's a sexy barrel too it looks like it's uh, fluted but it's not like your normal fluting uh, it almost looks I guess the best way to describe it is uh, on once on the sides it's a tuning fork with the prongs going towards uh, the barrel breech and on the top and bottom is like a tuning fork with the prongs to the tuning fork going towards the end of the barrel is the best way I can describe it uh, but it, it looks sexy um, you know, it's a good barrel. It looks like a good barrel, uh, and the pricing is actually not that bad. It's 189 to 210 is the MSRP, and it comes in threaded and non-threaded variations. So I'm assuming the 210 is for the uh, threaded, and the 189 is for the non-threaded. And the next thing that Killer Innovations came out with is a Velocity Glock Compensator. Now again. This is kind of like where innovation has come up with. I've seen some compensators like this. Um, it, it's it's very again it's very sexy looking. Uh, it's you know an open port along the side and the top uh, at the end of the um, where the the end of the Glock barrel and where you use a like a special thread protector uh, and that's how it's secured on there. It's not doesn't actually screw itself on to the Glock barrel. Uh, and then of course it's got uh, the side windows uh, towards the end of the compensator going out to the side. Uh, so I imagine this thing looks pretty fucking cool when it's fired at night. And the fucking MSRP on that is actually also not that bad. Uh, the MSRP on that particular uh, piece, uh, I thought I fucking saw it, but I guess I don't. They don't have it in here for some reason. Um, the compensator, yeah, they don't have an MSRP on here. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably going to be around $200 if it's anything similar to uh, what similar looking compensators look like. Uh, but again, these are sexy. I'm definitely going to keep a, a, an eye on these whenever I'm doing my Glock builds. I'm probably actually going to get uh, maybe the Glock barrel and the Glock compensator. I'm looking at maybe trying to do a custom, uh, custom slide. Uh, so when I get to it, I'll definitely let y'all know if I get these and we'll do a gear review on it. Next bit of gear product news that's come out is that if you haven't already seen, uh, fucking Glock has come out with, uh, I think I you know, talked about it last week, they came out with the black slide for their 43X and their 48s, uh, but now they have released in, at least in Europe, 
they have released a Glock 43X and a Glock 48 with a rail. And that's kind of been my only complaint with the Glock 43X and the Glock 48s that they've come out with, is they don't have any rails. And like I was talking about earlier with my holsters, is one of my holsters is uh, from Filster, and it's universal, but it's universal for anything that the TLR5 Streamlight can attach to. So uh, Glock 43X, it was out of my you know options. And when Glock 43X first came out and it was that stupid ass two-tone, uh, I actually really liked it. Uh, I mean, it felt great in my hand. I like having a nine millimeter uh, compact pistol like that. Uh, you know, I really like the feel of it, but I just didn't like that it didn't have a rail. So it limited my options. And you know, for people uh, you know, I always like to have some sort of light on my carry gun just because you never know whenever you have a situation if you're going to need a, a weapon mounted light or just a light in period. Uh, so I like to have a weapon light on my carry gun. Uh, so I like to have either like an Enforce or like the Compact TL5 uh, from Streamlight, something like that. Uh, so if it has been released in Europe, uh, at least uh, in Austria, uh, you know, for the, the slim lines, those 43Xs and those 48s to have a rail, then I almost guarantee that it's eventually going to come out into the American market because the American market, of course, you have a lot more potential customers because of, uh, you know, America is a lot more gun culture. Uh, you know, so I see it probably eventually within five years coming out into the, the, you know, the American market. Just wait, basically wait for fucking emails and, and ads from Glock saying the next greatest thing is coming for Glock perfection. And I guarantee that's what it's going to be. Uh, but I don't understand why they didn't do this to begin with. I think they're probably just trying to hose money out of, you know, the Glock fanboys because there's always going to be those guys that are always going to go out and get the new Glocks. Uh, but, you know, I... Per, you know, personally, if it's not going to fit my needs, I'm not going to get it. So, but once this definitely comes out, I'm definitely going to get the 43X with the rail. Uh, there's no MSRP on it, uh, but the normal Glock 43Xs were like around 500, 550 bucks. Uh, yeah, around 500 bucks. So I'm assuming this is probably going to be around that same price. Well, once it's released into the market. And my gear review that I'm going to talk about is actually something called Decked. It is a interior truck box uh, that you can put inside of your vehicle. I have one in my F-150 uh, that I use for work. And uh, these are actually pretty cool. It's not necessarily gun related, but you can definitely use it for gun things. You can use it to carry your gear. You can use it, you know, it's got a nice uh, strong uh, flat top. Uh, it, they actually say it can hold up to, I think, like 3,500 pounds. So if you're carrying like four-wheelers or anything like that, you can drive up on to the decked box. And what's also really cool on it is it has two long pull-out drawers uh, that can be locked with a key. Uh, and also it has two po like uh, a pocket in the front and the rear of each wheel well uh, on the, the top. So you can actually lift up the little container and you have actually a little storage from the top. Uh, and what's also really nice is that it's not, they don't consider it waterproof, but it is water resistant. So if you have something inside those two long shelves, and the shelves pull out a good deal, they pull out about three, three and a half feet, uh, and with a little bit of room still inside the deck box that you can actually reach in. So probably I'd say a total of four feet, four feet and a half maybe. Um, 
that you can actually reach back in there and just add shit in there. And like I said, I use this for work, so I don't use it a whole lot uh, for gun things. But being a firearms instructor for my agency, I do a lot of stuff uh, that is you know firearms related, obviously. So I keep uh, extra ammo in there. I keep uh, you know extra like range gear, uh, like a, a fucking cool off. Sh- you know. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, like a fucking moisture wicking uh, range shirt. So that way if I go to the range uh, to either practice or for an unscheduled qualification, I can just throw that on uh, and not be in this blistering sweat ass, swamp ass, Alabama heat in my you know regular uniform that isn't that very comfortable. Uh, you know, it's really cool. Uh, if you have a truck, they have them for different vehicles as well. Like I said, I have one in F-150. Uh, they are about a thousand dollars, and uh, it's very similar to uh, truck vaults or safe vaults, uh, fucking uh, little truck bed, uh, so, you know, safes that they have in the back. Uh, but it is a hell of a lot cheaper because when we were looking at getting them, uh, those uh, truck vaults were like around around like three grand, but this one was only a thousand, and that include installation and everything. Uh, so if you're looking to have something added into your truck, uh, it's great for range day. Uh, it helps keep it secure, all that kind of stuff. Instead of just the usual toolbox that ends up taking uh, more space from your truck bed, uh, definitely look at decked boxes. Uh, they're you know they're online. Check them at your your local uh, like outdoor truck kind of store. Uh, see what they might run. Uh, but I definitely love them. I give them the seal of approval. Uh, you know, they also have different stuff. It's definitely made for like construction type material because there's a little bar on the top of the, the deck box uh, towards the tailgate that gives you a ruler, but it also gives you uh, like different uh, like hex bolt or nut sizes and all that kind of stuff so you can see exactly which socket you need. It's definitely made for that kind of stuff, uh, but it can also definitely be made for. Uh, you know, range for guns, for outdoors stuff. Uh, so you know, it's definitely something to check out. Anyway, let's go and start getting to the culture segment and start wrapping Everybody this bitch up. To go downtown to the sky show. There's a sky show. Come on, let's go. All right, guys, in the culture segment, we're going to talk about a really cool movie that I really love. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, if you like The Matrix, especially check it out. And if you're a Christian Bale fan, check it out because he's the star role in it. came back out in 2002, uh, so Christian Bale's earlier career. And it's called Equilibrium. And there is a fuck ton of cool guns in here, so I don't think I'm going to be able to talk about every single one of them. Uh, but kind of just the general gist of the movie is uh, it reminds me of something very similar to like The Giver. Uh, emotions are outlawed. You have to take medication to make sure that you don't uh, have any kind of emotions. And it's supposed to get rid of war and violence and crime and all this kind of stuff. And then there's people that go against it, and basically Christian Bale ends up joining them and just tries to overthrow the system, that kind of shit. Uh, but something that was really cool in there is that uh, the kind of the standard firearm for Christian Bale's kind of soldiers that uh, he's a part of is the Beretta 92 FS, definitely modified. 
it is really fucking cool. Like I said, if you haven't, check it out. Uh, it is got like a weird kind of cool compensator to it. Um, it it's it's very hard to describe, uh, but it's it's basically just a Beretta 92. There's also a bunch of uh, H&K MP5s. Uh, there's also uh, some a bunch of Uzis in there. There's actually a SAVZ61 Scorpion. Uh, it's pretty cool in there. They also have uh, FNP90s, very futuristic, uh, very futuristic looking guns. Uh, there's also, you know, of course, Resistance got like some old Milserp guns. So they have a Sten MK2 and a Star MP6981. Uh, uh, they also had some old Walthers and shit like that, a Smith & Wesson Model 10. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they have some cool shotguns, a Benelli M3, a Mossberg 500 Cruiser. And then, of course, in the rifles, they're going to have some cool rifles in there. Uh, very futuristic H&K G36, G36K, uh, a Beretta AR-70. And then, of course, they have uh, some AKs. Uh, Walther WA2000. That's a really cool gun. Uh, it's kind of you know from the future looking. They also have uh, a, uh, M16s, that kind of shit, and they also have uh, some MPs, APCs, uh, machine guns, and some flamethrowers. It's a really cool uh, video. It's a really cool movie. If you haven't check it out, I don't think it's on any of the streaming services as of right now. Uh, but check it out. It's really cool. Uh, if you got to pay like the nine nine cents or two ninety nine or whatever it is to rent it for a couple days, you're definitely not going to be disappointed. It's a very definite cool movie gun, and it's a very cool movie as well uh, with a good storyline to it. Came out kind of like when the first Matrix came out, so it's very Matrix esque, I guess you could say. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and start wrapping this bitch up. That's going to be in the culture segment, uh, and let's go ahead and start getting to the conclusion of this fucker. Well, guys, this is going to be episode 11 of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate y'all listening. Again, if this is your first time, stick around. I imagine you're going to keep on enjoying this. Go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. We had a really cool episode uh, with some folks from High Point when the whole Yeet Cannon debacle came out. And if you are a continuous listener, I want to greatly appreciate you for listening again. Uh, if you haven't checked out our social media, we have Facebook. We have Instagram. On Facebook, we under the number 2A Lifestyle. And on Instagram, we are under two spelled out a lifestyle. We have a bunch of memes, some cool, funny shit out there, some cool stories. Uh, definitely share out some of the, the interesting stories in the firearms and Second Amendment industry and organizations. Uh, we also post our fucking podcasts on there as well. But do me a favor. If you listen to this on a podcast app, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever the fuck it is, subscribe. If you can, leave us a review. That's the best way people can reach out and find us uh, looking for a good firearms podcast. If you leave those reviews, that's the best way they can find us. Uh, And again, I greatly appreciate y'all. I really do. If you haven't already, also check out our Patreon program. Like I said, we are actually now to the point where we are covering the bandwidth of this podcast. So basically, any more money that you give from now on is going to be used directly for this podcast. It is going to be used to buy products that we're going to review, and any product that I buy, I'm 
going to give away to you guys, the listeners, and my followers on social media. Uh, and we're going to be having some merchandise pretty soon. I'm working on the hats. I'm also uh, looking at having somebody making the shirts. The hats are actually being made right now. I'll be posting uh, some pictures on our social media. So if you want some merchandise, go check out our social media. Keep an eye out whenever we post uh, some of the merchandise that's going to be coming out. And I'll be posting prices and how you can get that kind of stuff. We already have stickers. So if you want stickers, reach out to me on social media. They're $3 a piece. Uh, That includes the motherfucking stamp that I put on that envelope and send that shit out to you. Uh, Like I said, I'm not trying to make a whole lot of money just trying to build this brand build this podcast and let people know that i'm here if you're enjoying it uh, you know leave me some reviews it doesn't have to be on whatever the fuck you're listening to this to leave me a review on facebook or send me a message let me know whatever the fuck you think about this what i could be doing differently what i can be doing you know the, you know fucking better all that kind of shit We're going to be having a podcast here coming up on training. If you haven't checked out my social media, I was actually at a jiu-jitsu competition this past weekend, and your boy fucking placed second. Uh, So we're going to be talking about training because not only do I think every gun is not a gunfight, or every fight is not a gunfight, so you need to be training yourself. So I'm going to be having my hopefully my jiu-jitsu coach on here. We're going to be having some people that take a lot of different training, hopefully some different instructors on here, go on, on and on about that good shit, but... Guys, I appreciate you. I really do. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast so that way you don't miss a fucking thing. And go ahead and follow us on social media. And until then, I will see you guys in two weeks. My love has hope But this dream will carry me through But history Doesn't make you wiser, doesn't make you